the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. I'm Pastor Doug. So glad to have you here this morning. Watching online, we just want to say hello to you as well. Hallelujah, we serve a good God, amen. And He does great things. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this opportunity to come into your place, to gather with people of like precious faith, and to lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory for the good things that you always do. And Lord, we trust in you. We lean not to our own understanding, but we acknowledge you in all of our ways that you may direct our path in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord together. All right, stand up. We're going to celebrate the goodness of God this morning and all the freedom we have in Him.
Jesus working all things for good? Say, God, I'm working with you. I'm letting you to work on me. Work out all things for your will. I yield to you. I surrender to you. I give my life to you. I'm yours. You're mine. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing that chorus again. had an experience when he lit, when he left home for the first time and he was by himself and he saw the heavens open and he saw angels ascending and descending it was a bridge it was a bridge from heaven to earth and he said this is none other than the house of God amen and he he anointed the place where he laid his head he said it that he named that place Bethel, the house of God. Amen. And this is a house of God, but you are also a house of God. Hallelujah. And how many know in God's house good things happen? In God's house you get lifted up. In God's house you receive strength. In God's house you get direction. In God's house. Hallelujah. Light shines bright. we do welcome you here in this place we welcome your presence because in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore and Lord we thank you that you speak to us the creator of heaven and earth says the Lord but I desire to do a new thing a new work to give you a new beginning I give you a new heart I show you a new way of living I give you a new anointing with new strength and new power this is what I desire to do for you because I love you Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, if you love the Lord, say amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Don't they do a fantastic job? Hallelujah. We have uh, some of our people uh, out uh, already in Tulsa. And there's going to be uh, 11 of us more uh, going. And uh, we're going to be uh, celebrating uh, Ramah's 50th camp meeting. So it's going to be awesome. This is the largest group that we've ever sent uh, from this church to uh, a Ramah event. So I'm excited about that. Amen. Well, we just want to welcome you here at Victory Christian Fellowship. We're glad that uh, you're here. And if you're visiting for the first time, we just want to say welcome to you. And uh, we'd love to meet you and uh, greet you uh, after the service. But we're glad you're here. You're in a, you're in a good place today. And uh, I know that you're going to experience God's love and God's presence. One of the things that we like to do here at VCF is we like to speak the word. Amen. We, we have the authority to speak the word of God in the name of Jesus. And uh, we make a confession every quarter based on a particular uh, theme that's uh, rooted and grounded in the Word. And uh, our theme is the love of God for this quarter. So we want to invite all of you to uh, make our confession of faith. All right? Are you guys ready? Let's make our confession. By faith, I choose to walk and live in love. God is love, and we live for Him and walk with Him. We welcome and receive God's perfect love, and we are fearless. Love is having God's nature within us. Love is God's adhesive power that binds us together. Love is the fruit of the recreated human spirit planted in our heart by God. Love is born of the Spirit of God. Love makes my faith work. Loving God is action. God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved that he acted. Jesus so loved that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. He chose to love me. He showed his love to me, and he gave his love to me. Love transforms our lives, our workplaces, and our homes. It makes life better. Our love abounds more and more and displays itself in greater depths, in real knowledge, and in practical insight. We have unfailing and fervent love for one another. We overlook unkindness, and we unselfishly seek the best for others. Through God's love, we are more thoughtful, gentle, and tender. Our love never grows old and never wears out. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you. Good morning, everybody. I am so excited. Just because. All right, we got a lot of announcements. So today, um, we have yard signs that are available with scriptures created by Miss Wanda. So if you are interested or would like more information, then you can see her. Also, um, we have a new program that we are starting called CIA, okay? It stands for Christians in Action. So some of you may be aware of our Bible Adventure program that happens here on Thursdays, which is for third graders through fifth graders. And it is an awesome program. But so many of the kids have been asking us, like, you know, what about when we're not in fifth grade? So the CIA, Christians in Action, is the middle school program that is similar to Bible Adventure. And we are excited to launch that this school year in Palmyra Middle School. It's the first of its kind in Lebanon County. So we are excited to be breaking ground here in Palmyra. (laughs) So if you're wondering how you can help, we got a couple options, okay? We have postcards to distribute, so to get the word out, because it's something brand new, so people need to know. And if you're interested in praying or volunteering, because we also need, like, listeners, drivers, participants, you know, so we can reach as many kids in our middle school as possible. So if you are interested in any of those positions or just finding out more information, you can see Pastor Nadine. All right, and as Pastor Doug mentioned, it is time for camp meeting. So Air Force thanks you, everyone, for your support. We are so excited. We are leaving, like, real late tonight, and we are, like, our goal was to fly to Tulsa so we can be at Rayma's 50th camp meeting, and we made our goal. Isn't that awesome? God is so good. So um, for those of you who are going, just so you know, there's a quick meeting after service for any updates. And because we are going to camp meeting this week, and there's a large group of us going, um, the VCF activities are canceled for this week. So that means on Tuesday there's no youth group, and on Wednesday there's not any Wednesday night refreshing, and on Saturday um, there's no July Barnabas as well. So Barnabas will happen again on August 27th. That's the men's group that meets for breakfast on the last Saturday of the month. But I encourage you to go to Rayma's like, website and on YouTube because they live stream all their services, and maybe you'll just hear, you'll see us, and you can cheer us on and listen to the word of God that's being preached as well. So there's, like, three services a day, so there's lots of good content. All right, and then when we come back from camp meeting, first we're going to bring the fire of God back with us and share everything we learn with you guys. But also, um, we will be celebrating Pastor Doug's birthday next Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, so join us after service for a celebration. We've just been celebrating all summer long so far. Um, Because we like celebrating God's goodness. It doesn't matter when. God is good all the time. So really, we should celebrate every day. (laughs) All right. Speaking of Pastor Doug, Pastor Doug is also headed off to India, and he leaves August 10th. So if you are interested in supporting him, um, you can give towards our commission club, which is our missions. Okay, So we've been going all over the world. You can send somebody. We pray for them. It's awesome. Palmyra, we touch all around the world. And we're touching even more people because of our Shopify, 
which is now our online bookstore. So what you see in there and all of our youth products we've had before are now online, so you can share them all over the world. So some of our books and everything have already gone to places like India and Kenya, which is awesome. All right. And then, of course, we do have our projects that are continuing on, our VCF kitchen project, where we want to upgrade our kitchen with new stoves, new refrigerators, vents. We eat a lot of food here because, you know, we celebrate all the time, so we want our kitchen to be top-notch. And then we also have our stage-like projects because we want to look professional for our online audience as well. So we want stage lights to put up so we can spotlight people and just bring good lighting. All right, that's all of the announcements, but I want to share what I learned this week. Um, I learned, for those of you who don't know, I learned something new rather frequently, but every week I share something um, that is normally science-based. Get my papers, hold on. All right, so I learned that light has no mass, so it means no weight. It, it's only momentum. It's only speed. I did not know that. I don't know, like I thought light weighed a lot, but it doesn't, in case you're wondering. It weighs absolutely nothing. Um, it's only momentum. And fire also has no mass, right? Fire doesn't weigh anything either if we are con like defining fire as light and heat. Some people define fire as air, so... But light and heat, it's the result of a reaction. So that's why there's no, like, there's no weight to it. It's just, it goes out, okay? Right? So I was reading in the Bible. I was thinking about that verse that says, you know, my yoke is easy and your burden is light. That brought, like, a whole new dimension to me because light, like, God didn't give you anything heavy, literally. Like, if your burden is just the light of God to carry, there's no weight to it. And it's just speed. So we are able to go through life, like, quickly and, like, do things for God quickly. Like, God doesn't work slow. And, like, the speed of light is, like, so fast. I learned that a jiffy, right? And people always say, oh, I'll be there in a jiffy. And I always thought, like, that was related to, like, peanut butter, right? The jiff thing. <laughs> it's not. Um, a jiffy is actually the amount of time it takes light to travel one centimeter. I don't know who came up with that. But it's 33 trillionths of a second. Yeah. So we work fast in the kingdom of God because the world needs us to work fast. Okay. Now that's everything. <laughs> we have the most awesome announcements here. I love it. My, uh, my wife, uh, Dr. Fiona and uh, Josiah, they send their greetings to you. Uh, they went ahead of us uh, this week so that uh, Dr. Fiona could spend some mommy time with her son, uh, Gabriel. Our oldest son is attending Rama, And uh, so they went out ahead of us, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing them on Monday. If you're going uh, uh, to Tulsa, why don't you just stand up where you are? Hallelujah. We got people in the back over here. Uh, I just want you all to stretch forth your hands to them, and, and I'm going to be going too. So, Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks and praise for your anointing and your blessing and your favor upon these travelers, Father, as we go and uh, go through security with ease, 
We board the plane. There are no delays. We have the favor of God upon us, Father, and we have a prosperous and successful journey. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise that along the way, we'll continue to be led by your Holy Spirit. You'll, you'll do great and mighty things in us, through us, and to us. And Lord, we just, we will go represent your kingdom and we just give you all the honor and all the glory for your hand of blessing and protection upon us in Jesus name. And everyone said, amen. Hallelujah. All right. You guys may be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to just uh, share with you something from Psalm 66. Uh, we have our kids life class that we'll dismiss here in just a moment. But in uh, Psalm 66 and verse 12, this is what the Bible says. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water. How many has been through the fire and through the water? God delivered us out of both of them. Amen. But you brought us. Into our wealthy place. Other translations say a place of abundance or a place of refreshing. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, I will go into your house with burnt offerings. See, at that time in the agricultural society, they offered animals, grain offering, wave offering, drink offering. They had all kinds of offerings, right? And he says, I will pay my vows, which my lips have uttered. And my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto you burnt sacrifices of fatlings with incense of uh, rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. All right. Aren't you glad we don't have to offer bullocks and goats and rams today? Amen. So what, what would that represent for us? Well, that would be our money. Amen. Our medium of exchange. And uh, here at VCF, we... Uh, you can give any time during the service. Those wooden containers there and the wooden container in the back, we call those our seed planters. There are envelopes there if you want to designate your uh, gift. If you want to designate anything, you could, if you write a check, you can make it on the uh, check on the left-hand corner. You can give online through our website if you're watching. That's a good way to do that. You can give through a card through our bookstore. There's all kinds of ways to give. Amen? There's no pressure, but there's certainly great rewards. Hallelujah. And uh, it is a joy to give because God's the greatest giver of all. And because of his gift, if, if he didn't give his gift, where would we be today? We certainly wouldn't be here. Amen. But God freely and willingly and lovingly gave his son Jesus. And uh, when you give, when you give offerings and tithes, you, you share the nature of God. Amen. So, Father, I just give you thanks and praise as the givers of gifts bring their gifts into your house. And Lord, I thank you that you bless them, you prosper them, you provide for them, and you protect them. And Lord, you cause their gift to multiply to them. And we just give you thanks and praise for the privilege to love and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, when I say any time of the service, you can go any time to give your gifts. All right. Kids life. We got some awesome kids, some great teachers and helpers. We love our kids. Amen. They are so awesome, full of life and vibrant. So kids, we want to dismiss you now to your classes. Have a great time. Glory to God.
And we appreciate all of our volunteers who are cross-trained. <laughs> they just step in where they need to. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Well, how many are excited about Jesus? Yes. If you're not, just wait a minute. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to ask you a question today about this message. And I want to say, what kind of vessel are you? I'm not talking about a ship or an aircraft, but I'm talking about a container. What you have on the inside of you will make the difference in your life. Have you ever encountered someone that was empty in their life? They had no joy. They were angry or depressed or irritable, right? Because they were missing something on the inside. And God has done wonderful things to put some things on the inside of us. How many know God made a deposit in a person's heart? And uh, I'd like for you to turn with me in the Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to talk about what kind of vessel are you? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And we're going to start with verse 20, 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 20. And I'll read it from the King James, then I'll read it from the Amplified, then I'm going to read it from the Voice translation. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be, I want you to notice, he, he gives us an indication of we can, if you're not a vessel of, of, that you want to be, you can become one. He says, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Notice, he wants you to follow these things with a group. Amen? How many know you got to be part of a group? And VCF is a good group to be part of. And then he says, uh, verse 20, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they, will, they do generate strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captivity by him at his will. All right, so let me read this from the Amplified. All right, the Amplified makes it a little bit uh, more clear with its wonderful uh, additions. Now, in a large house, there are not only vessels and objects of gold and of silver, but also vessels and objects of wood and of earthenware. Some are for honorable, noble, good use, and some for dishonorable, ignoble, or common Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, which are dishonorable, disobedient, and sinful, 
He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, set apart for a special purpose, a useful to the master, prepared for every good work, run away from youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those believers who call upon the Lord with a pure heart, but have nothing to do with foolish and ignorant speculations, useless disputes over unedifying, stupid controversies. That's interesting. Since you know that they produce strife and, and give birth to quarrels, the servant of the Lord must not participate in quarrels. He must be kind to everyone, even-tempered, persevering in peace, and he must be skilled in teaching, patient and tolerant when wronged, and correct those who are in opposition with courtesy and gentleness in the hope that God may grant uh, they will repent and be led to the knowledge of the truth. And uh, let's read it from the voice, okay? This is the voice uh, translation. Look, in the mansions of the rich and powerful, you will find everything from silver and gold serving bowls to wooden containers and clay jars. Some are used for special occasions where honor is appropriate or important. Others are used for more mundane tasks. So tell them if they will clean up their lives and purify themselves from dishonorable teachings that lead people astray. They can become honorable vessels, consecrated and useful to the master, made ready for every good work he has in store. Timothy, run away from youthful desires along with those who call upon the Lord with pure hearts. Excuse yourself from many conversations that turn into foolish and uninformed debates because you know that they only provoke fights. As a Lord's slave, you shouldn't exhaust yourself in bickering. (laughs) I like that. Instead, be gentle no matter who you're dealing with. Be ready and able to teach, tolerant without resentment, Gently instructing those who stand up against you. Besides, the time may come when God grants them a change of heart so that they can arrive at the full knowledge of the truth. How many of you ladies have dishes that you only use on special occasions? Right, can I see your hands? Right, you got certain things that you only use. Oh, this is for special occasions, right? Now, the things that you have for special occasions, you don't just have them in the cupboards, do you? Maybe you do, I don't know. But you have them in a special place, right? Where you know where they are and you can get them and get them ready when needed. Amen? Well, in a house, in God's house, there there are different kinds of vessels. Some are for honorable things. Some are for mundane things, right? The everyday dishes, right, that we use in our home, we just have them in the cupboard. They're easily accessible. They have scratches on them. Amen? Am I, am I talking your language? Right? So what makes a vessel honorable? What makes a container for important purposes? Number one, what does it contain? You know what makes a vessel honorable is, is what it contains. You know, what, what does it have on the inside? If you want to be an honorable vessel, you've got to let God put some on the inside of you. How many has God made a deposit in your life? Amen? As a matter of fact, 
He put his richest treasure in us. Okay? So what makes a vessel honorable? What it contains. What it stands for. Maybe you have something set aside for a special celebration or a special occasion, and you only use it during those times. Right? We have things that are set aside for special occasions. Okay? How many know that when God came into your life, God set you apart for a special occasion? For his purpose, for his plan, and for his will. Say, I'm set apart. Yeah, when, when, when you connected with God, he set you apart. And he said, I got a special plan for you. I got a special use for you. How do I know when that is? Just keep listening to me. Keep listening to God. Amen? Okay? These are just some thoughts. What makes a vessel honorable? What is its value? What price was paid for it? How many know someone paid a great price for you? You are not your body, you are not your own. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've been bought with a price. How many know you've been bought? And a great price. So the greater the price, the greater the value on the vessel. God paid a lot for you. That means you're valuable. Say, I'm valuable. Say, I'm special. Say, God chose me. Yeah, He did. So He made you valuable. You know, you could get a cup for 50 cents or you could get a cup for 20 bucks. Which one are you going to take more, better care of? Right? Oh, that's only 50 cents. It's okay if it's crashed or if it's broke. You know, I've I've broken some dishes accidentally in my life. All right? What makes a vessel honorable? Where is it placed? You know, we, we have, if you have a set of china, you put it in a special place. Right? It, it has its own special place. God put you in a place. He put you in his family. He put you in his body. He put you in his house. He put you in a special place. He brought you out of darkness. He put you in light. The kingdom of light. That makes you an honorable vessel. What makes a vessel valuable? How is it handled? How is it handled? You know, some things are hand-washed a certain way, and others can handle a more rigorous handling, right? There are certain things, because of the value, because of the price, because of the quality, you handle them differently. Amen? How many know God puts a gentle hand on you? He puts a strong hand on you, right? How you handle a vessel determines its value. You ever, you ever uh, sit in an art gallery... Do they just handle priceless art with their hands? No, they wear gloves, right? They're white gloves, so they don't put any mark or smear on the, on the precious painting, the masterpiece, right? They handle it carefully. Why? Because of its value. Hallelujah. God, God handles you carefully. And then finally, what makes the vessel honorable? How is it passed to the next generation? You know, sometimes you may have a certain uh, thing in your house that you want to pass on to the next generation, a family heirloom. How many has a family heirloom, right? It's been passed from one generation to the next generation. Why? Because it's priceless. It's valuable. It was, it was, it was, it's something that means something to you. How many know God wants his word passed to every generation? 
right? He's put his word in us so that we could pass it on to the next generation. Hallelujah. That makes us an honorable vessel. Amen. God has taken great care to pass on his treasure. All right. So from Timothy, from this passage of scripture that we read, a vessel of honor is one that has been cleansed. They've been changed. The filth has been removed and the pollution has gone. How many know God's blood cleanses us? His word washes us. Amen. He's got some cleaning agents. We, a, a, an honorable vessel is a clean vessel. Thank God. We've been made clean by the blood of Jesus. He washed sin away. The stain and the stench of sin has been washed away. Glory to God. And that makes us a vessel of honor. Timothy, this portion of scripture said, a vessel of honor is sanctified. It's set apart for special use. God sanctified you. He is the, he gave us the Holy Spirit who's the sanctifier. He's the spirit of fire, right? What does fire do? Fire purifies. You know, if you, how many's ever gotten a sliver? And you've used a, na- a, a, a needle or a pin to get that sliver off. What do you do first? You put it, if you don't have it, you put it over some flames, right? What does that do? It sterilizes the tip so that you can dig in your skin. Amen? Uh, God's purifies us. He purifies us. He sanctifies us. Why? He's got a special purpose for you. He's got a special plan for you. Amen? You are so valuable to God. And then he said, a vessel of honor is one who is useful to the master. Can God use you? Now, use is kind of a negative term. But how many know, are you available for God? Can God speak to you and say, I want you to go here, go do this, talk to this person, do that. Amen. A, A vessel of honor is one that's useful to the master. How many know Jesus is the master? And he, he saved us, not so that we can live our own lives, so that, but we can live his life here on earth. And we can help others to live that life too. We gotta be, say, I gotta be useful to the master. Or are you a person, maybe your schedule is too full. And when the master speaks, you're not available. How, how quick do you need to be ready when the master speaks? Right now. When the master speaks, anything else that you were doing, Loses precedent and what the master wants takes precedent. Amen. How many know when Jesus was walking along the shore and he was building a team, right? He told some fishermen, he said, come follow me. They didn't say, wait a minute. No, we got to, what did they, they dropped their nets and they started following him. He did the same thing to a tax collector. He, Matthew had to leave the tax booth and, and he followed Jesus. What, when the master speaks, his word is the most important thing in that moment. And faith is now, so we gotta be ready right now when he speaks. You know, part of your armor that a Christian wears is shoes of readiness. Are you ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you if someone asks you? 
Are you ready to testify to the goodness of God when, when you're out with somewhere and you get an opportunity to open door? When, when uh, the Holy Spirit opens the door and you get to share something that God did for you with someone else, are you ready? Amen? Well, we can get ready in a place like this, but when you're out there, you're on your own, right? You, you've got to take what you get here, and believe me, you get the word here. Don't you, don't you get the word here? You need to take what you get here because it will help you out there. Okay? Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, and I want you to look at verse 12. Romans 6 and verse 12. Notice what it says, Romans 6, 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Verse 13, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, that those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace." We're supposed to, see, your body is an instrument, or it's a vessel. Does the clarinet play itself? No, someone has to breathe through the clarinet. Someone has to use the notes, or a flute, or whatever instrument, right? God, you're an instrument for God. And you, it's just as easy to do righteous things as it is unrighteous things. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, he came and destroyed sin from the inside out. He broke its dominion and its control over us. And he gave us the ability to say no to sin. I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to behave that way. You have control over your body. Your body doesn't have control over you. (laughs) You know, if you happen to speak a negative word, it's because it was in your heart. And that's just an indication that, oh, I got to, I got to get rid of some things. I got some things in my heart that shouldn't be there. Because you know what? What's in your heart will come out of your mouth. You, you can't really hide what's in your heart. It will come out out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. But he's telling us here to be an instrument. Let your body be an instrument of righteousness, not unrighteousness. Okay? Another thing that was said in Timothy, a vessel of honor is prepared for every good work. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. What kind of work does God have for you? Good work. Everybody say good work. work. Ephesians 2.10. The Bible says we are his workmanship. Another way to say that, we are his masterpiece. You know that God thinks highly of you because he made you in his image and in his likeness. 
God put a lasting imprint on this earth of people that are made in his image and in his likeness to point to him. All right. We are we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You were actually recreated in Christ. When you got born again, when you made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you got recreated. You got born again. Hallelujah. Being born was great, but being born again is a whole lot better. We were created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Everybody say we should. Why does it say should? Because you have to decide. Are you going to participate with God's plan? Are you going to do the good work that he wants you to do? Amen? God's got good works. How do, how do we get prepared for good works? God says, don't worry, I got you covered. You know what he did? He put his Holy Spirit in us. When, when he, when he uh, rose from the dead on the day of Pentecost, he poured out his Spirit on all flesh. And the Holy Spirit, his job is to bring us into all truth. His job is to lead God and direct us. His job is to strengthen us. His job is to testify of Jesus. His job is to show us things to come. God's given us the Holy Spirit. That's how we participate with God's works. What work should I be involved in? The Holy Spirit will tell you. He will speak to you. Growing up, when I was a little boy, three, four, five years old, I didn't have a desire to be a preacher. I wanted to be a fireman or an astronaut. I even thought of being a pilot. But then I got born again. And I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, he showed me his plan for my life. And it was different than my plan, but I was willing to do his plan. Amen. You know, God, God will not force you to do his plan. He will tell you, this is the plan that I have for you, but then you got to choose. God gives us the ability to choose. He will never interfere with our free will. He will never force you to love him. He he doesn't force you to get saved. Amen. Why? He, He lets people make that choice. And I made a choice that I was going to do what God wanted me to do no matter what. And he showed me what to do. He showed me where to go. He showed me places that I need to go so that I could be trained to do the work that he called me to do. God will not ask you to do something that he won't equip you with or he won't train you for. Amen. He's not just going to put you in front of it. Here, do it now. No, he's going to train you some way, shape, or form, right? Everybody's training is different, okay? And, and God will lead God and direct you. He will order your steps. But you've got to have a close relationship with him. You've got to be able to hear his voice. See, that's how we're going to participate. That's how we're going to be a vessel of honor. It's in cooperation with God. God's the master designer. He's the master architect. He's got the master plan, right? We just got to carry out his blueprint. His blueprint is his Bible. Glory to God. Okay? Go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And look at verse 20.
1 John 2.20. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Say, I have an unction to function. Yeah, that word unction is, is an anointing. And the anointing is the power of God. You have a power, you have the power of God because you, you don't necessarily know all things, but you're connected to someone who knows all things. Do you realize that you have someone who knows more than Google on the inside of you? You've got the creator of the universe who was there since the very beginning living on the inside of you and he knows all things and you can talk to him. You can access his information and he'll even show you things to come. See, God made it so easy for us to cooperate with his plan and to be a vessel of honor. Amen. Hallelujah. How did Noah know that it was good, know that he needed to build a boat? Did, it, did he just have this crazy idea one day after eating some pepperoni pizza? No, God spoke to him. Do you realize when God spoke to Noah, it had not rained on the earth. No one knew what rain was. You can read it in Genesis. The earth had, it, 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 the water came up from the earth and watered everything. It never rained. So when God says, I want you to build a boat because it's going to rain, they're probably saying, what's rain? They didn't know what rain was. So God found a person who was connected to him, and he began to speak to him. He spoke to him in great detail on how to build a boat that would withstand the world's greatest flood. He gave him the details. He showed him how to build it. And it took a hundred years. Why a hundred years? Because only eight people were working on it. Do you realize in the days of Noah, only eight people were interested in the things of God? Think about that. And, and you're, you're thinking that you're the only one in your place. Well, Noah, Noah and his three sons and there's their wives and his wife were the only ones who were interested in God's work at that time. Everyone else had their own agenda. They didn't care about God. They weren't concerned about the things of God. They were not vessels of honor. And we, and we get to a place where we're complaining, well, I'm the only one. Well, hello. You're, if you're with God, you're not the only one. God's with you. Is God with you? So if God's with you, what does that mean? Nothing can be against you. No weapon can form, no weapon will, will, uh, prosper against you. You know, last night, uh, Joshua, my, my nephew, has been staying with me because, uh, my sister-in-law, his mom, Grace, and his, uh, sister, Kelsey, they're in, they went to Tulsa because, and, uh, so we went to play basketball yesterday. And, uh, on the basketball net, there was some hornets. Or some, I don't know, wasp or something they were like these little streamlined bee things and and so they were all over the kind of the basketball thing they were building nests so i walked but one one decided to attack me it came after me beat me right in the lip no weapon formed against you will prosper yeah he stung me but i started speaking the name of jesus and i felt the numbing of my lip but it only lasted a short time and it's all done i'm good amen See, now, if I hadn't known how to use the name of Jesus, 
I've not been talking like this today. I'm not having big, big and fat lip right here. Like fat Albert, hey. I'm going to sing a song for you. Kind of dates me, doesn't it? Yeah. I'd have been, I'd have been talking like Bubba Gump Shrimp, you know, from Forrest Gump. Uh, I'm, I'm in the shrimp business. I like fried shrimp. How many's ever seen Forrest Gump? Yeah. All right. So a vessel of honor flees youth, youthful lusts or passions. That's what this passage in Second Timothy says. They flee youthful lusts or passions. All right? And uh, a vessel of honor pursues righteousness, faith, and peace. You're in hot pursuit of righteousness, faith, and peace. You're avoiding lusts, but you're pursuing righteousness, faith, and peace. You know, God never tells you to stop doing something, but he always gives you an alternative, a better alternative. Amen? You can flee youthful lusts, but you can pursue things on this hand. Amen? Hallelujah. All right? A vessel of honor avoids foolish and ignorant uh, speculation. You know, the devil will try to get you into conversations that aren't productive. Right? And the Bible says all they do is they stir up strife. Well, when strife comes in, the Bible says every other evil work comes in. So we have to have a zero tolerance of strife. Don't, don't let the enemy get you in strife. Amen. Right? Sometimes you just need to stop talking or walk away to avoid that conversation, right? Because the devil will try to trip you up. That is a snare and a trap of the enemy to get you uh, having wrong conversations, all right? Wrong discussions. You know, like, was Adam born with a belly button? Who cares? Doesn't matter. Right? Did Adam have a belly button or not? Doesn't matter. That's not going to help your salvation. Right? That's not going to draw you closer to God. Alright? You don't even have to respond to that. Amen? A vessel of honor is not quarrelsome, but they're kind to everyone. A vessel of honor contains the seed of the fruit of the Spirit. Did you know that every type of fruit has a seed? I made some lemon water last night, and I was amazed at how many seeds are in just one half of a lemon. I counted 11 of them. You know, I was squeezing the lemons out, but I got a little strainer to catch the seed, because I don't want to swallow the seeds. But every fruit has a seed. This fruit of the Spirit has the seed. It's the Word of God is its seed. And God has planted that seed in us, and he expects us to grow fruit trees, love trees, joy trees, long-suffering trees, patient trees, kind trees, gentle trees. Amen? All of them. You should have nine trees for sure that are growing in your life. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And you want to be a vessel of honor? Then be a, be a fruit of the Spirit person. All right? A vessel of honor can teach others and is patient and tol- tolerant when wronged. 
You know, isn't that what love says? When someone wrongs you, love says, I don't put a notch on my belt to say that they wronged me and you always keep it before them. No, you let it go. Put it under the blood. Amen? What did Jesus say to the people who whipped him, beat him, criticized him, spit on him, mocked him, and then nailed him to a cross? What did they say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't want to go into the resurrection with any ought in his heart. And he expects us to do the same thing. Sometimes people yield to the devil without knowing it. Do you think Peter knew it, that he was yielding to the devil when he said, when Jesus said, I'm going to suffer and die, and Peter said, oh, no, you're not? And Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. Peter's like, whoa, I was speaking what Satan was saying? He didn't even know. Right? But Jesus knew where it came from. He knew where it originated. He said, Satan, get behind me. You're not going to stop God's plan. But Peter was yielding. So sometimes people will yield to the enemy and they'll mistreat you. They'll do you wrong. But love is greater than their wrong. And you've got to release them from having any tie to you through forgiveness. Because unforgiveness will lead to bitterness and bitterness springs up. And boy, it's a nasty weed that you don't want to have to pull when it gets to a bigger size. Okay? So a vessel is just simply a container. Did you know that you're a container for God's goodness? You're a container for God's glory. You're a container for God's wisdom. Hallelujah. You are a vessel. Amen? Glory to God. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You doing all right today? Second Corinthians chapter 4, and look at verse 5. We preach not ourselves. <laughs> Boy, that's, that's a lesson for every preacher. Amen? You don't have to preach yourself. Just preach Jesus. Preach the word. All right. He said, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord and ourselves, your servants for Jesus sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure What treasure? The treasure of God's goodness, of his light shining in our hearts. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. Say, in me, I have potent power. I have healing power. I have delivering power. Because I have the power source in me. Hallelujah. And it's God's power. You just deliver the message and God will do the work. You just share. God will do the work. You just testify. God will do the work. You just preach. God will do the work. Amen. Let God work. But you got to give him an opportunity to work. 
Hallelujah. But he, he put this treasure in earthen vessels. Aren't we, aren't we, aren't we clay and isn't he the potter? What does the potter do? That potter puts a lump of clay, right? You ever see a lump of clay? It's just a lump. But the potter can see its beauty. The potter can see its value. The potter can see what he wants it to become. And he starts spinning that wheel, right? He starts spraying that water. He starts putting his hand. He puts some pressure here. He puts some pressure here. He starts to mold and shape. And all of a sudden, that lump of clay, that ugly lump of clay, now is becoming something beautiful. Something wonderful, something valuable. Why? Because the pot, the potter, thank God for the potter. He's forming, sh- shaping, and fashioning our lives. Amen? You might feel him put a little pressure on this area and put a little pressure on this area. Why? He's just smoothing out the rough spots. Amen? We are clay. But God doesn't put his treasure in a bank. He doesn't put his treasure in a safety deposit box. He puts it in earthen vessels. He, God has invested in us. He made his greatest investment into us. Hallelujah. And God is a real estate developer. And he is developing this real estate. Amen. And our goal is in his development is to be like him. We're supposed to be conformed to his image. Hallelujah. All right. So we have this treasure. Notice what this treasure does. Verse 8. We are troubled on every side, but because I got a treasure, I'm not distressed. We are perplexed, but because I got a treasure, I'm not in despair. We are persecuted, but because I got a treasure, I'm not forsaken. We are cast down, but because I got a treasure, I'm not uh, I'm not destroyed. Why? The treasure that God put in you is greater than any trouble you ever face in this life. Say the, the, say the treasure in me is greater than the trouble of life. Say that again. Say the treasure in me is greater than the trouble of life. How are, that's proven right there in Scripture. Because all these things came after he said that the treasure's in us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Glory to God. Now, go to Matthew chapter 9. Jesus describes a vessel this way. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 16. Matthew 9 and verse 16. He said, no man puts a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. For that which is put on in to fill it up takes from the garment. And the rent or the tear is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles or old wineskins, else the bottles break and the wine runs out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles so that both are preserved. So Jesus makes a comparison between a new garment and a garment that has been patched together. 
or a, a new wineskin versus an old wineskin? Which one, which kind of wineskin are you? See, now, an old wineskin, they used to be made of, of leather or maybe uh, another part of an animal, and they were, when a wineskin was new, it was fresh, it was pliable, it could expand, all right? It could grow. But now the old wineskin, it's tough, it's brittle, it's resistant to change. If you were to try to put new wine into an old wineskin, the effervescent that takes place on the inside would cause the old wineskin to burst and the wine would leak out. You know, what do you call a person when their wine leaks out? They call them a whiner. So what is an old wineskin? An old wineskin doesn't have the ability to expand or to grow or to develop. You know, I encountered someone, oh, maybe... 18, 19 years ago. And uh, this person said, oh, Pastor Doug, you need some mighty men around you, right? You need to be surrounded with some mighty men like David. I said, yeah, that's good. Well, you know, that person's no longer here that said that. But he came to the conclusion, he said, as long as I'm saved, that's all I need to know. And believe me, Salvation is great, isn't it? For those of you that are saved, salvation is awesome. But isn't there more in the Bible? God doesn't just offer one benefit, salvation. He offers many benefits. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he daily loads you with benefits. So that was a person who was representative of an old wineskin. I just need to know that I'm saved. I don't need to know anything else. I don't need to grow, I don't need to develop, I don't need to expand. He became an old wineskin. Because you know, God is a creator, he's always wanting to do something new. Did you ever know someone who's creative that just keeps redoing the old thing over and over again? I mean, Elon Musk is a creator, right? He keeps developing, he keeps progressing, he keeps making things, he keeps doing things. Why? He's creative. If you're creative, you know, you can't just write the same thing over and over again. You get bored if you're creative. Creative needs expression. Okay, let me get into this now. An old wineskin, it increase causes an old wineskin to burst. They can't handle it. It's too much. Oh, Lord, it's too much. Yeah, God's a too much God. You know, God doesn't know anything but too much. You look at whenever God ever blessed anybody, he never just made it just enough. He made it more than enough, always. He's a more than enough God. He's an abundance God. Amen? He said, the thief cometh not but steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I've come to give you a barely get along life. No, he didn't say that. He said, I've come to give you what kind of life? Abundant life. Everybody say abundant life. So if God wants to increase you in a way and you're resistant to increase, you're an old wineskin. In an old wineskin, effervescent activity will burst out of old wine. I'm telling you, 
The new wine is often described as the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The Holy Spirit, he bubbles. He moves. He flows, right? He, he's not some, some block that just sits on a chair. He's, he moves like the wind. He flickers like fire. He moves faster than light. Hallelujah. He's always on the move. He is moving, moving, effervescing, right? That's what effervescing does. It's, it's, it's like a volcanic eruption. But if you're an old wineskin and the Holy Spirit wants to move in you, how many's ever seen a rock, a big rock in a river? Does that stop the water? The water of a river will find a way around the rock. Yeah, an old wineskin is like that rock, but you know what? The water's bypassing you. It'll move around you because you couldn't handle the movement. An old wineskin can't handle the movement. Okay? An old wineskin carries less than the new one. It can't contain as much. Why? It'll burst. So it has to lessen its ability to contain versus a new one. A new one can carry much, much more. Are you a much, much more? Or are you a little dabble, do you? Huh? In other words, an old wineskin is limited in its capacity. This is a revelation that God gave me. This was actually several weeks ago. But now he said it's okay to share it. All right? One, an old wineskin favors ritualism over spiritual freedom. In other words, the Bible says it this way. They have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. You know, when God wants to do something in the service that they've never seen, well, I've never seen that. Does that that make it less real? Does that make it less something that God wants to do? Just because you've never seen. There's a lot of things we've never seen that God wants to do. Amen? But an old wineskin favors ritualism over spiritual freedom. That's what was happening to the Galatian church, right? The Galatian church, they were getting born again, right? They were experiencing the freedom of God. But then there were people, they were looking in there saying, why are those people so free? They need to be back into Judaism. You shouldn't be, you should be burning rams and, and killing sheep, right? They wanted to get them back. Because they couldn't handle the freedom that they had. And Galatians, it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Stand fast in in the liberty which God has given you. Glory to God. When, When God comes in your life, he makes you free. And he might make you so free that people will get jealous of your freedom. If someone's jealous of your freedom, they're an old wineskin. And you just get more free around them and your freedom will cause them to burst. Right? I think he just exploded. (laughs) Amen? An old wineskin puts traditions of men over the word of God. And the Bible says when you do that, you make the word of God ineffective. Is your tradition so much more valuable than God's word? All right? Okay. That's enough about old wineskins. Let's talk about some new ones. Amen? We talked about what kind of vessel, what kind of wine skin are you? All right? A new wine skin. Hallelujah. 
it is a, a new wineskin has the ability to expand, grow, and develop. See, what Jesus came to do is he, offer, he offers something new, fresh, and original. Jesus has got the original recipe. Now, if you're an extra crispy fan, that's fine, but Jesus goes with the original recipe. Amen? He wants us, do you realize that God put his original desire and intent for mankind in the book of Genesis when he created man? That's the original plan. That's what he wants. That's what Jesus came to reestablish. He, he, he came so that we could multiply, increase, take dominion, subdue, and replenish. Hallelujah. That's what God wants. And when Jesus Christ comes into your life, that's what you can do. Amen. But you gotta be able to expand. Hallelujah. All right. An old, a new wineskin is one that is fresh, soft, pliable, and fillable. It yields to God, and it says, God, whatever you want to do. You know, like Isaiah, after he had the vision, he said, Lord, here am I, send me. He didn't ask where he was going to go. He just said, Lord, I'm, I'm yours. Send me. Amen. We got to open ourselves up to God. We got to yield to God. You know, God didn't make us robots. If you're inspired in a service to dance, he's not going to move your feet. You got to move your feet. It's the same thing with, with talking in tongues on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came down and he filled them, but he didn't move their mouths. Who was moving their mouths? The people were moving their mouths. They were yielding or cooperating with what God was doing in that moment. Right? You're not a puppet. He doesn't put his hand in you and move, move your mouth, right? You're not a robot. He doesn't program you. You make a choice. When God is operating in a moment, you got to decide, am I going to go, am I going to get in that flow, or am I going to stay where I am? That kind of determines what kind of wineskin you are. Amen? Are you getting something out of this today? A new wineskin is not too stiff but flexible. There are certain things, they're, they're flexible with certain things, but they're uncompromising in other things. They're flexible with circumstances, people, and they're uncompromising with God's plan, will, and standard. A new wineskin is not going to compromise God's standard. But they're not going to, uh, but they're flexible. Amen? A new wineskin has the ability to expand. How many know the story of Jabez? Two verses in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. He was born in pain, so his mother named him Jabez. She named him... He was going to bear the mark of a bad experience for the rest of his life. He said, no, I'm not going to accept it. So he went to God. He went to the maker. And he said, Lord, expand my territory. He prayed that God would expand him. And God heard him and God blessed him. Amen. Two verses. He said, I'm not going to wear the label that mankind puts on me. I'm going to go with the label of my creator. And I'm going to be something different. I'm going to do something different. Hallelujah. How about you? You're going to do something different? Or you're just going to accept the labels that people put on you? The people didn't make you. God did. So his, his label has much more meaning. Amen? Hallelujah. 
You know, when Paul was saved, he didn't go around persecuting anymore. He wasn't a persecutor. That persecuting nature got washed out of him, got cleansed out of him. Amen. He was now a preacher. He was now an apostle. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A new wineskin is a new man that possesses a new nature and will do new works. Second Corinthians 5.20, you, you are... In, you are a new creature. Old things have passed. Say, I'm a new creature. Say, I got a new feature. Hallelujah. You are a new creature. You've been born again. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace. Why? Because the sin nature has been taken away through the blood of Jesus. He, he gave you a new nature. You became a new man. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a new man. And, and, and that includes women too. It's just speaking of mankind. All right? Listen, if you want to be woke, then you're a joke. So just call things as they are. Amen. I'm I'm tired of this woke business that's taking place in our country. My goodness. The only choices in humanity are male and female. There aren't any other choices. And if you're confused, just look at how you were made. All right, go to Psalm 92, and I'm going to close with this, with this passage of Scripture. There's something about a new wineskin, and it's found in Psalm 92. Hallelujah. Verse 10. A new wineskin is anointed with fresh oil. Some of you today can have an oil change. You know, we got to change the oil in our vehicles every three to 5,000 miles, depending on your situation, right? Well, you know, God, God can, you can come to church and get an oil change too. God can anoint you. He can smear on you. He can rub on you. He can pour on you a fresh anointing, fresh strength, fresh vision, fresh power, fresh perspective. Hallelujah. In this very moment, you can go from being an old wineskin to a new wineskin just like that. Look at Psalm 92.10. Psalm 92.10. Oh, my goodness. But my horn shall you exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with what? Fresh oil. Now, every time the Bible talks about horn, he's talking about strength. And he's not talking about a horse with one horn. It's more like a rhinoceros. You ever see a rhinoceros? They got some power. They can't see good, but they can smell good and they can run you over. So when the Bible says, the King James says unicorn, he's talking about like a rhinoceros type thing. Amen. Horn means strength. Horn means power. Hallelujah. And if you want to keep your power vibrant and vital, you got to keep anointed with fresh oil. You got to get under the freshness of God's presence. You got to get the, uh, a fresh revelation of who God is and what He's done for you. Hallelujah. He, I'm anointed. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Hallelujah. Fresh oil. 
Now, he gives us a list here in this passage of Scripture, all the way to verse 15. All right? What does fresh oil, what's it going to do? It's going to give you strength. Fresh oil is going to give you vigor and vitality. It's going to increase your strength. It's, he, Isaiah said, he, to them that have no might, he increases strength. Hallelujah. If you came in here weak, you can say, let the weak say, I'm strong, glory to God. Why? Our strength comes from God. God wants you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So fresh oil that comes on a new wineskin, it gives you strength. Secondly, fresh oil will cause you to be exalted. It'll lift you up. It's like the feeling you get when you put on a new outfit. Woo! You get in a new car. I love that new car smell. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's something about when something is new and fresh. Hallelujah. God says, I'm going to do a new thing in this earth. He does a new thing every day. Hallelujah. He can do things that you've never experienced or seen before. Glory to God. So fresh oil will give you strength. Fresh oil will cause you to be exalted. He'll lift you up. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. If you came in down, he'll lift you up. Glory to God. Another thing that fresh oil will do, it'll prepare you for service. Before anybody had a position with God, what would he do? He would pour oil on them. He'd take fresh oil. He would pour it on their head. Kings, prophets, priests, right? But now guess what? We're anointed with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We're anointed with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Anybody want some of this fresh oil? Hallelujah. So fresh oil comes on a new wineskin. It'll prepare you for service. It'll, God's anointing, where does the anointing go? It goes in you. It comes on you and it goes in you. It's a container. You contain the anointing of God. Say, I contain the anointing of God. How many, how many things can you do through the anointed one? I can do all things through Christ. Christ is the anointed one. I can do all things through the anointing that strengthens me. The anointing on the inside of me. The anointing that I contain, that God gave me. I can do all things. Hallelujah. That's what this fresh oil does. Fresh oil will cause you to flourish. How many want to flourish? You're not here to survive. You're here to flourish. God says in Psalm 1, we are planted, we are trees that are planted by rivers of living water. And whatever I do prospers. My leaf shall not wither. Uh, Hallelujah. I will produce fruit in my old age. I will flourish and thrive. Glory to God. Caleb had some fresh oil. He made a statement. He said, when he was 85, 
He said, I'm as strong now as when I was 45. How did he maintain that strength? He kept going where the fresh oil was. He kept anointing him with fresh oil. He would go to God. He would pray to God. He would worship God. See, that's where you get fresh oil. You get fresh oil from God. Any time that you spend with God, there's an oil exchange. Hallelujah. He'll give you fresh oil. He'll take your old oil and he'll give you fresh new oil, fresh insight, fresh revelation. Hallelujah. Another thing that this fresh oil will do, it'll make you fruitful. Woo. See, what happens is you put fresh oil on your fruit and it keeps the bugs away. The fresh oil is a bug deterrent. Amen. Satan is a bug and he'll bug you. Well, he's under our feet, isn't he? I'll tell you what, that, that bee that stung me last night, I stomped on him. I put him under my foot. And then I spoke the name of Jesus. This is all in these verses of Psalm 92, by the way. Study it out. Read it out. And finally, the the fresh oil will increase your wealth. I'm telling you, when you get lubricated in God, things go your way. Favor starts to go for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you excited about this? Fresh oil is for new wineskins. See if... You are already in a position that you're not going to receive. Did you know that in the Bible... Jesus and the apostles were able to look at people and they, they, they discerned who had faith and who didn't. There, there's a scripture that says Paul perceived that that man had faith. Are you so tuned in to God that you can perceive whether or not faith is in your presence? All right. So fresh oil will increase your wealth. <laughs> Psalm 92, 14 says you'll be fat and flourishing. Woo! Fatness just means anointed. Okay? And then finally, oh, three other things. Fresh oil will cause you to leave a rich legacy. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. My father's a good man. He's left an inheritance for his children's children. Hallelujah. You know, I just want to share a testimony. My mother and father, throughout the years, have done things to bless their kids. Of course, when I got born again, I would always tell my father, you're so blessed because you have two kids in the ministry. My sister serves on the mission field, and me, serving here. And we have one more sister. She's, She's on the creek bed, but she's not quite in yet, but she's getting there. Amen. And I would always tell my parents, you're so blessed because you have two kids in ministry. I said that often for, throughout the years. And uh, last year, let's see, my dad served, he had his own business for 34 years. And um, he told me that, you know, he'd been re- he's been retired for uh, 15, 20 years maybe. And his retirement account is the same 
now as when he started it. I mean, it hadn't decreased. It keeps increasing. Can you say amen? amen. Why? Wow, he's sown a lot of seed. And you know what? My father, who lives in Illinois, has been a faithful supporter of this church. He's been, he's been sending his gifts here. They're probably watching too, so dad, love you. Uh, but, he, you know, we got to leave a rich legacy. Fresh oil will help you leave a rich legacy. Fresh oil will cause you to declare the Lord's faithfulness. And fresh oil will help you realize that God is your rock. Say, God is my rock. He's my strong tower. He's my fortress. Amen. Is there anything that he can't get you through? Is there any problem that he can't solve? Is there anything that he can't do? Is anything too hard for God? No. Amen. So fresh oil gets or a new wineskin, a, a vessel of honor gets fresh oil. Amen. I believe God wants to give you some fresh oil today. Amen. If you could use some fresh oil in your life, God wants to give it to you. You know, oil from God is a gift. And if you would like to receive some fresh oil today, I'm going to put some oil on my hands and I'm just going to speak the name of Jesus because we believe in the laying on of hands. Amen. And if you want to come and receive, you just come and receive the fresh oil and it'll do what it needs to do. And, and then read, study Psalm 92 and see all the things that are connected with fresh oil, which I just gave you. So it's a real easy study. Amen. You cannot fail. Because not only I gave you the answers, now you can take the test and ace it. Amen. But I believe that there's some fresh oil that God wants to put on some new wineskins. Amen. Say this with me. Say the old is gone. Behold, everything is becoming new. I'm growing in new knowledge. I have new insight. I have new strength. I have a new way of living. A new way of thinking. A new way of doing things. Hallelujah. I'm connected to God. Oh, give God a shout and a praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And if you would like some fresh oil, I'm just going to invite you to come up right now. If you want some, come get some. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus.